I'm going to bring a word that I feel is very timely for this season. I feel like it's going to be timely for some of you today. And I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to take on the role today of a bit of a coach. Okay, he plays sports or has played sports before and you have sort of like a time during the game where it's like a half-time huddle and the coach comes out at half-time and gets in your grill a bit, gets a bit up in your face and the coach comes and tries to say, come on guys, get your head in the game. We've got a game to, to play here and you can still win this. And that's what I feel the Holy Spirit wants to inject into you today. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get into the Word of God. So Father, I want to thank you for your Word. Lord, we don't have to ask for your Word to go forth today, because your Word ever lives. And we thank you, Lord, today that your Word will not return void. We thank you that your Word is active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, Father. And it's going to go forth today and it's going to change situations. Lord, we thank you that your word has the power in it to heal sicknesses. Your word has the power to save people. Your word has the power to break addictions. Your word has the power in it today, God, to do whatever needs to be done. So we thank you in advance for what your word is about to accomplish in your people. And everybody said? Amen. 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 When I was a little boy, I was about three, I had myself a little yellow... Uh, Jeep that I used to drive around the street. Who's ever seen those? Um, and many of you who have had kids or have kids who've had those, you would know that those little things go. They've got some kick in them. And I remember having my little um, yellow Jeep that I loved so dearly and I used to cruise around and I used to wait for my parents to not be looking and I'd see how far I could get um, up the street without them noticing. I was about three. I was adventurous. I loved um, doing that sort of thing. And one day, uh, when they weren't looking, so the story goes, I, I shot off up the street, um, up the laneway near our house, and um, my parents weren't watching. And after a certain time, I realised that my Jeep was slowing down um, and was sort of starting to run out of battery, run out of petrol, and it was going and it was getting slower and it was getting slower and I was giving it more rev and it was just conking out. And I remember um, crying in the middle of the laneway up the, up the laneway near my house um, because my Jeep had run out of battery and um, it took a while for my parents to actually realise that I had snuck off. Um, I know, we're all judging my parents, but all of you who are parents have had that happen because you can't watch your kids 24-7 in one day, so... They're quick when you're not watching, right? They get a lot done in a few seconds. So that was me. And I remember my dad coming to get me and bring me back um, to the house. And that story reminds me of a bit of a, a letter in the Bible. A letter in the Bible. And it's a book in the Bible called the book of Hebrews. And it's one of those books that a lot of people just skip when they read the Bible because... It's very doctrine heavy. It looks like the Old Testament a bit. When you read the book of Hebrews, it's, you can read about um, sacrificing goats and blood offerings and, and all those sorts of funny things. And it talks about Moses. And so when you read it, it doesn't really look like, at first glance, like a New Testament letter in the Bible. It looks like an Old Testament one. And it's one of the most doctrine heavy books in the New Testament. But in this book, 
It's written to people um, of faith, but they're under persecution. They've got a bit of turbulence going on against them. It's a little Jewish community, and they have found faith in Jesus, but because of all of the persecution and because of all the troubles going on, they're actually losing heart and they're getting discouraged and they're thinking, let's go and live the way that we used to live. Let's go back to sacrificing goats. Let's go back to the, the, off, the blood offerings because it was easier back then. This new faith in Jesus, this new thing is a bit rough and we are better off going back and living how we used to live. How many of you know when troubled times come, we have a tendency to go back to the familiar and back to what's comfortable and to recline back and, and go back to what was easy. So this is what they're doing, right? And I will sum up the whole book of Hebrews in like one minute for you. Is this all right? Let's do Hebrews, Bible College Hebrews, one minute. Okay, so the whole book of Hebrews pretty much, if I could sum it up in five words, I would sum it up like this. Everything about Jesus is better. That's Hebrews summed up. So what it pretty much starts with is that Jesus is greater than Moses. It talks about Jesus is greater than the angels. It goes on and talks about that Jesus' blood is greater than any other blood. It talks about Jesus' sacrifice greater than any other sacrifice. The new covenant is far greater than any other covenant. And it goes through all these things. And the big message is that Jesus is better, that everything about Jesus is better than what you have now. It goes on and it says that uh, even the people of faith has a big list of them in Hebrews 11, and it actually goes on in Hebrews 12 and says that even Jesus is better than them because he's the author and perfecter of faith. And so everything about Jesus is better. That's the book of Hebrews summed up. But these guys are struggling and they are getting a flat battery like me and my Jeep. They are, they're running out of puff. They're running out of steam. They're running out of petrol. However you want to, want to, want to say it, they're reclining back and they're, they're having issues because of the persecution and the troubles that they're facing. Not much has changed today. Is that right? We still have. And if you think that our nation, um, your religious freedom is not going to be under attack, then think again. Because in this nation, it has already been under attack and it will continue. And the persecution is not going to go away. It's going to increase. And I'm not a prophet of doom, but I'm just telling you the truth that it is not a nice place out in the world. And it's getting harder and harder. And this is what's going on. But thank God the word of God has solution for us. Amen. Thank God that there's a solution that we can get from this. And so they're, they're facing persecution they're ready to go back to living the old way. Let's give up on all this. And the writer to the Hebrews is pretty much saying, come on, guys. We're at halftime. We can still win this. And this is what he said. So let's go to Hebrews 12. We're going to land there now. All right. Verse 1 to 3. This is the text we're going to go from. It says, therefore, everyone say therefore. When you read the Bible and you see the word therefore, you ask the question, what's it there for? Okay, it's there because of what was said before. And what was said before is around the people of faith. 
and all the other things I summed up. So now we're landing on, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, and can I just stop there? Witnesses mean not your friends on Facebook, not everybody out, your next door neighbour, they're not the witnesses this is talking about. This is talking about the people who have run the race, who can, not the witness who's watching, it's the witness who can say, I did it. I'm a witness because I did it. And I can tell you that God is faithful. And he's saying, who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us. Let us run. Everyone say run. run. With endurance. Everyone say endurance. endurance. Now, the word endurance is mentioned three times here. So whenever that's mentioned a few times in a text in the Bible, I think he's trying to hint something at us. And what he's saying is run with endurance. Endurance means to bear up under, to be able to keep going. And, and as you know, like this verse goes on and talks about the kingdom of God. We're, we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, um, that, that everything that can be shaken will be shaken, but we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. But this is talking about endurance. How many of you have seen, like with a race, now I'm no, like, I'm not into sports, as you can tell, but um, I'm not into it much. But I know this, that when you watch a race, the real test is who can get to the end first. Is that right? <laughs> All right, okay, I'm on the right track. Who can get to the end first? So the test is speed. The test is who's the quickest? In this text, that's not the sort of race that he's talking about. The, the test in this race is not who can get there quickest, it's who can stay the longest. The test in this race is who's still here when Jesus comes. The test is who's still running when the kingdom comes. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken and we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So who's still going to be standing when kingdom comes? Amen. Because how many of you know, like when you read the Bible, um, sometimes I think that if I was a disciple of Jesus, I would be a bit confused. I know we pay out on them a lot, but we're just as dumb as them sometimes, okay? Um, in the sense that in one sermon, he's saying the kingdom of heaven is among you. Who, knows, who has heard that verse? Who, the kingdom is among you. But then in another speech, he's saying, pray that the kingdom comes. Now, if I was in the congregation, I'd be saying, pastor... You are contradicting yourself. You preach one word one week and you're preaching another word this week. One week you're saying the kingdom's here and now among you. But this week you're saying I've got to pray for it to come. So is it here now or is it going to come? And the answer is it's both. It's here now and it's on the way. Amen. We have the kingdom of God here and now but as the world gets darker, the kingdom of God is going to be received. Amen. As um, everything that can be shaken will be shaken, but you are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. The kingdom of God is advancing on planet Earth. And so um, it is both here and now, but it's on the way in Jesus' name. Amen. So anyways, 
That's just a little side note. Run with endurance. So it's about, as kingdom comes, who's going to keep on running? Who's going to still be here? An active persistence, the race that is set before us. Looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on? Come on, someone say that name. Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of faith. And the one who brings our faith to maturity. Who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him endured. He's that lovely word again that we're all, we're all love, in love with. Endure. He um, endured the cross, disregarding the shame. And sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and the completion of his work. Just consider and meditate on him who endured. There it is again, guys. Endured from sin as such bitter hostility against himself. Consider it all in comparison with your trials so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So that you will not get a flat battery in your faith. And so I want to I talk about this. I want to unpack this today. Because he uses the word endurance, and they're under challenges, just like we face today. So how do you keep your endurance, or how do you get it back when you've lost it? That's what I want to I teach on today. Is that all right? How do you keep your endurance, and how do you get it back when it feels like you're running out of steam? And I think the Word of God has some answers for us today. And I just have a sense, I don't know, I feel like this word is really timely for people. We've just come out of a pandemic, or coming out of. We've got all sorts of things, we've got the everyday life, and we have an enemy that roams around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And at times, if you are honest, and I'm honest with myself, in the last couple of years, I have thought at times, are we going to make it through this craziness? And at times we can run out of battery. And you notice you are when you're getting very um, negative and, oh, well, I don't want to go to church anymore. Or, oh, I've had enough of this. I've had enough of that person. I don't. And you notice just in your language that the pressures of the outside world, the turbulence that you're facing is starting to cause you to recline back to how you used to be. Um, back to how you were before Jesus came into your heart, when you were filled with joy and hope and peace and you start to recline back, that is a sign that you're running out of battery. All right, so what he's doing is he's getting them together. This is the writer to the Hebrews. He's, He's getting them together like a coach does and he's saying, come on. And I, I feel like when I study this, he's trying to give him a kick up the backside and he's saying, come on, guys, come on, when he writes this letter, Jesus is greater than Moses. Jesus is greater than the angels. Jesus is greater than all priests. Jesus' sacrifice is greater than any other sacrifice. His blood is far greater than any other blood. Jesus' covenant is far greater than the old covenant. Everything about Jesus is so much better. He's even better than all the people of faith that you know about and talk about. He is so much better. So come on, guys. Let's get in the game and let's run this and let's run till kingdom comes. Can you say amen? 
All right, so there's three things now he's saying to them. Three things. Here they are. If you're running on empty or you just want to get refilled on this race and keep your endurance, number one, rekindle your faith. Rekindle your faith. Why does he say that? Well, he says there, he says there in this, um, if we put that up, verse one again, we're, so, we're surrounded by witnesses who by faith ran. And he's trying to remind them about faith. And in the chapter before, in 11, he's talking about faith the whole time. He's trying to remind them, hey, people ran and they ran and they got to the end by faith. And if you're going to run and get to the end, it'll only be by faith. It's not going to be by what someone once said about you. It's not going to be by how you feel. It's not going to be by your accomplishments. It's not going to be by any of your works. You will get there because of your faith in the Lord. That's the only thing that's going to get you to the end, is faith. Is that right? Doesn't matter how much money you have. Doesn't matter how many material things you have. Only faith gets to the end. Only faith gets to the end. And he's saying these guys ran, and and it says in the brackets, this is why I went amplified, who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness. Rekindle your faith. And he's trying to say, come on, guys. Remember the faith, guys. Remember that it's by faith. I'm going to get my baby's toy, if you can just pass it up. All right. Hey. This is a toy bunny. All right. Now, what I'm going to tell you is that there's this, um, there's this theory in child psychology, okay? Um, and you all know this. And it's a theory of, as the baby is growing up, before they reach like 12 months, 18 months, um, you can play a game with the baby. And I might, if you just pass up the blanket as well, let's, let's do this. Okay, so I've got the bunny. And now, we're going to put the bunny there. And just say I had the baby here with me. And I put the blanket over the bunny. And I go, where's the bunny? Where's the bunny? And the baby will be like, hmm, what bunny? What bunny? And then I'll go, there's the bunny. There, and oh, the bunny. Oh. And then you can go, this is before 12 months. And then they'll go, oh, the bunny. Like, and then they just, to them, the bunny doesn't exist anymore. Until you go, there's the bunny. And then they'll go, the bunny and then you put it back over again I'm hungry you know like they just forget because it's not in sight but um, as they get older you go there's the bunny and as they reach about 12 months or more you can do that but what they will start doing is they'll go I know the bunny's still there once they reach about 12 to 18 months because I've seen it and I seen it before and I know it's there even though I can't see it I still know the bunny or you could do this you could throw it so I could just throw it across the room and they'll go to the bunny once they're about 12 or 18 months even though they can't see where it is they'll go in that direction and that's a theory called object permanence and what object permanence is is where the baby develops this understanding as they grow 
as they grow past 12 months, and how many of you know we're meant to have childlike faith, and we're meant to grow and mature, but as part of, it, part of their maturity, they go, I can't see the bunny, but I know it exists. That's called object permanence. I used to have to see the bunny, and then I, when it would disappear, I'd be like, where is it? But even though I can't see the bunny, I know the bunny exists. Even though I can't see it with my two eyes, I know it's there. And that is called faith. Because in Hebrews 11, it says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So I don't have to see the miracle yet to believe that it exists. I don't have to see the healing right now to believe that it exists. I don't have to see my family change yet to believe that, they, that it exists. I'm not one of those who just wait, I'll see it, when, I'll believe it when I see it. No, I can believe it now and see it then in Jesus' name. And that is called faith. And he's trying to say, if you want to get to the end, faith's going to get you to the end. Amen. Faith's going to get you to the end. In the world, to get things done, you need money. Is that right? If you want a coffee, you've got to go down and buy it. If you want to live in a house, you have to pay for it. The currency of the world is money. That's how things get done. But in the kingdom, the currency of the kingdom is faith. That's how things get done in the kingdom of God, by faith in the Lord. Amen. And he's saying, rekindle it, guys. Come on. Rekindle it. Number two, this is the halftime speech. And some of you today, I feel the Holy Spirit's going to rekindle your faith to believe again for certain things you've stopped believing for because of the turbulence. But God is saying today, rekindle your faith. Come on, rekindle that flame again, the fire of God to reignite your faith again. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, number two, reclaim your freedom. Now, how, how do we know he's saying that? Well, if we go back to the verse, after he talks about faith, he says, let us run or let us strip off every unnecessary weight in the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run. So he's pretty much saying, if you've got weights, if you've got sin, just get rid of it. Throw it off and keep running this race. Because if you've got the weights, it's going to burn your endurance. And um, weeks ago, um, for those who don't know, I've got, I actually own a Jeep now. I actually have a Jeep. It was my dream as a kid to have a Jeep. So I got a white Jeep with a, an army like, um, badge thing on the front. And the roof comes off. And I was, yeah, it's really cool. Um, but I, it's a bit of a novelty. But I use it as a bit of a work van because I'm always in between. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I don't know if any guys here are like that. But my boot has always got 15 projects represented in the back. And I'm never finishing one thing. I'm just doing 10 things at once. And I'm always, just getting around to everything. Um, and I remember I went to, my, went to the church to get something out of the church and um, my pastor was there and he was going to bring some stuff out. And because my boot was so um, bad, I was trying to avoid it. So I was like, yeah, just give it to me. I'll take it out. And he was like, oh, no, no, mate, I'll carry it. Just trying to be nice. Oh, no, 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 oh, just give it to me. And anyways, I thought, all right, go. So he came out, I opened the boot. There's all these things in there. And there were some like dumbbells and some weights for um, one, of my, one of my boys. And he, you know, was into weights. So I had them in the boot. And the pastor said to me, 
and I'll never forget it. He said, Aaron, if you drive around with these weights in your boot, it'll burn your petrol quicker. And anyways, I never did anything about the boot, but I thought, oh, it's another revelation. And um, I just thought, wow, yes. If you've got weights, let me tell you what that's going to do. If any of you, if you've got offence, if you've got bitterness, if you're carrying around disappointment and discouragement, if you're carrying those things around, guess what? It is going to burn your endurance. And if you want to get to the end, this is what he says. He's not trying to condemn them. He's just trying to say, get rid of it. Throw it off. Cut off the weights and the, and the things that entangle and run. And in the ancient Greek world, they understood races. I mean, where do we get the Olympics from, right? They understood this. But what, how they used to race, now nobody tried this at home in your front yard, but they used to run naked. They did. They used to throw off all their clothes because if they had clothes on, it would weigh them down and they, they, someone else would get the upper hand. So they'd strip off before the race. And so when he's writing to them, they're getting it. He's saying, if you're going to run this race for God, man, you've got to strip off as much as you can. Strip off the, the fear, strip off the sin, strip off the resentment, strip off the disappointment. Um, if you want to make it to the end to kingdom come, you need endurance. And if you have weights, it's going to burn your petrol. <laughs> Woo! I feel the Holy Ghost up here now. Amen. And he's saying, reclaim your freedom. Lay it down. Lay it down. Lay it down. Strip off the things. And it says the things that easily entangle, right? How many of us have things that are easy to, you know, one of the things, I get easily ticked off at things. That's one of my little things. Just easily ticked off at things. Just little tiny things and I'll go, oh. And I can be quite impatient. But I have no room for other people's impatience. I know. That's not good, isn't it? I'm allowed to be impatient, but no one else is allowed, or I get ticked off at them. Just little things. Little things. Doesn't matter how big, doesn't matter how little the issue is. It's the same advice for all of it. Lay it down, throw it off, and run. Amen? Amen. Number three, the last one. The team, you can come back as well. Okay. So we've had rekindle your faith. If you're running out, you've got to get that flame going again. And he says Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. So do you know what that means? It means you don't have to, you're not responsible for growing, for, well, you're responsible for how you live, but you're not actually the purpose or the very um, source of growing your faith. I know. I've heard it preached to me, you've got to grow your faith. You've got to get it from here to there as I grew up in church. But that's not true because Jesus is the author of it, but he's also the perfecter of it. So he actually grows my faith as I come to him. He's the source of it all, but he grows it. What a revelation. Hey, because I can't grow my faith. I'm a dum-dum sometimes. I can't grow my faith, but I can't do anything without him. He's the author of my faith. He gave it to me. How good is that? How powerful is that? For me to even have faith in God, I had to get faith from God. And for me to continue to have faith in God, 
I've got to then get faith from God because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I can only get faith from God. I can't muster up nothing unless by him. Woo! So anyways, rekindle your faith. Reclaim your freedom. Lay it down. Number three, realign your focus. What does he say in the next part of the verse? So he's throw it off, run the race with endurance. But here it is. Looking away from all that will distract us and focusing. Everyone say focusing. Our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. Who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Let us, what's he saying? Look away. Look at, looking away from all that will distract. I call it a holy ignorance. I'm choosing to ignore it by faith. A holy ignorance. Not, you know, just trying to look away. I'm choosing not going to listen to the gossip. Not going to look at this. Not going to look at that person. I'm not going to get upset about that. I'm not going to look at the problem. I'm choosing to have holy ignorance to look away from the things that will distract me. And when you look away, the problem is, where do you look to? Well, he gives us, we look to Jesus. We fix our eyes on him. And um, the best way I can explain that in an illustration is during COVID, um, the days where church was online and you could only have five people in the building, um, I had to, I was on preaching, but you could only have the same five people for however many weeks. So we had to say, who are the five people that we're going to have to get to do everything so they can switch? Otherwise, there's going to be one preacher for however many, and we don't know how long this is going to go. So I was one preacher, our pastor was there, there was a few others, and we just rotated. So I had to preach one week, use a camera another week. And it was my first time doing all that sort of thing. But I learned a lot from using a camera during COVID. There you go, lots of good came out of it, hey. Um, and I would have the camera, the preacher would be preaching, and my job was to focus in. It got blurry, just tidy up that focus. Now, how bad would it have been for the people at home if my camera was just, oh, look at the light. Oh, look at the, look at the fan. Oh, look, at that's a nice colour at the back. While the preacher, that's just not a good experience, isn't it? I mean, you'd just go and watch somewhere else. Uh, but I had to watch him. And as he moved, I had to move. What's he doing? What's the preacher doing? What's the preacher saying? Where's the preacher going? What's the preacher doing? What's the preacher saying? Where's the preacher going? That was the job. Just keep on focusing and following. And that is what he's saying here. Focusing on Jesus. Keeping our eyes on him. What's Jesus doing? What's Jesus saying? Where's he going? What's Jesus doing? What's he saying? Where is he going? And in a world of turbulence and persecution, you might start to feel the fear of the economy uh, and the um, you know, inflation and whatever it might be, you might start to, but I don't want to be that sort of person. I want to go, what's Jesus doing? What's Jesus saying? Where's he going? I want to look away from all that will distract and keep my eyes fixed on him. Can you say amen? That's what he's saying. He's saying realign your focus. Focus on what Jesus is doing. And when I tell you, I've had five near-death experiences. Five. 
and one was drowning where I got resuscitated by a man with a beard and it scarred me for life. Just Not the drowning, just the guy with the beard. That's why I shave every day. Anyways. Whew. Just had to confess that, guys. I'm laying down the weights, okay? And hit by a car. And then when I was 15, in, at school, I was in the playground with a teacher. And me and the teacher were talking. And we both got struck by lightning in the playground. Went to hospital. And then a few years later, I was in a terrible car accident. Where I, I was at fault and I wrote the car off. And it was not good. And there's been a few... Near-death experiences. Um, there's been a few challenges, a few upsets, a few disappointments. Um, I remember, you know, for... I, I, my nan had been taking me to church for most of my life, since I was five. But for the first nine years of my life, my father was on the run from the police. And he got, he got locked up on New Year's, uh, Christmas Eve one year, and I saw the, the um, presents come... He went out to get us presents, saw the presents come back in the police car, but not him. Um, All sorts of things. I could give you story after story. And I know in this room there'd be story after story of challenges, disappointments, calamity, turbulence. How do we keep our endurance? I can testify that it's only by faith that each one of us is here today. But I can also testify that each time there's been challenges, I haven't lived there and said, I'm going to bury myself under this challenge. I've had to rekindle my faith. I've had to reclaim my freedom every time disappointment comes. Doesn't mean, it doesn't still impact me in some way, but I'm not living under it. I'm not living under it. See, we use these words like I've been under attack from the enemy. And I remember someone the other week was saying, you know, I've been under attack all night. And I sort of thought to myself, Well, the Bible says no weapon formed against you will prosper. Now, there is attack. But why are you under it? I'm under it. No, no, no. You're seated with Christ, far above all principalities and powers. So don't say I'm under it. Now, don't be silly and just assume that you you have no attack. There will be attacks. But my friend, let me tell you, you are not under it. You're seated with the Most High God. You're seated with Christ in heavenly places. You are not under anything, but you are free in Jesus' name. And whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Doesn't mean challenges won't come, but choose that you're not going to be under it. You're going you're to attack it from a high place. Amen. Why? I believe I'm still here because I've just had to rekindle my faith at times. I've had to reclaim my freedom. But I think it's this. It's the main one. I'm only going to go as far as my focus. And if I'm on Jesus, that's all I need to be looking at. And I'll still be here when kingdom comes. Amen? And you'll still be here. What's he saying? Come on, guys. Reclaim your freedom. Come on, guys. Rekindle your faith. Come on, guys. Reclaim your focus. Run this race with endurance. Run this race with endurance. Kingdom is coming. Amen? Amen? kingdom as things get tougher just remember 
The kingdom of God's not declining. The kingdom of God is increasing. And we can believe for more miracles, more salvations. Even though the world's getting darker, we can believe the kingdom is shining brighter in this place. In Jesus' name, we have um, the answer. And so he's saying at the halftime huddle, we can still win this. Actually, we're going to win the game. We're going to win the game, guys. So get your head in the game. Pull your socks up. Come on, have a sip of water and get your rusty, dusty back out there and run this thing like it's 1995. Amen. Run it and run this with endurance because the only way you're going to get to the end is not by your works, not by how good you've been, not by your education, not by your money or your status. It is only by faith that you're going to get to the finish line. So is there anyone here today with some faith? Amen. Is anyone in here today that would say, I'm going to rekindle the faith in God in, on the inside of me? Amen. Come on, why don't you stand with me for a moment before I close. I'm going to reclaim my freedom. I'm going to, I'm going to leave this place free in Jesus' name. I'm going to throw off anything that has entangled me, anything that's tried to hold me back. I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus once again. Maybe your camera has copped a few bumps. And when the camera cops a few bumps, it gets out of focus. But today, I feel the Holy Spirit putting his hand on that camera and just realigning it. Realigning the focus again. Realigning it. I just feel the Holy Spirit in here right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you're here now, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that in this house, the kingdom of God is increasing. The kingdom of God is advancing. And we live in the pressure, God, of as the kingdom advances, so does the pressure of persecution and calamity. But thank you, Lord, that we have already won the game because the author and perfecter of our faith has run before us to the finish. And we're running in your footsteps. So we thank you right now. If something I said today, just while you're in this place, something I said has spoken to you, challenged you, rekindling your faith, reclaiming your freedom, maybe there's an offence or maybe, I don't know, there's a fear or a worry or maybe there's a sin that needs to be thrown off, whatever it might be. Maybe it's around your focus. You just want, to, you just want the Holy Spirit to take control again of that camera and focus in on Jesus once more. Something I've said today, spoken to you. Just can you lift your hand, hand right across this place, in this house? We thank you, Father.